Galatians chapter 5, amen, and verse 22, and we're, we're basically continuing on with our uh, series of lessons that we, we, we've begun some weeks ago, and we're reading the same passage of scripture. Galatians 5 and 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And if you would turn over in your Bible backwards towards the book of Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. The book of Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. It says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good tidings, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And as we have read in Galatians 5 and 22, and you have been paying attention to the lessons that we've been teaching, you'll understand exactly which uh, fruit of the Spirit we're talking about this morning. Does anybody want to shout it out what we're going to be talking about this morning? Goodness. Goodness. Amen. Goodness. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. You can be seated. Amen. Thank you for standing and thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord. Uh, so, goodness. Amen. That's what we're, t- we're talking about, going to be teaching on this morning. Uh, on the surface, goodness and the word kindness uh, could be said to be interchangeable, could be said to be the same thing. Uh, but as you dig deeper into Galatians 5 and 22, the definition of goodness is actually deeper than just a mere kindness. Uh, and the word goodness means to be morally pure, uh, pleasing to God and to others. So morally pure, an internal uh, characteristic of the person. And Pleasing before the Lord and to others. There are two components to this goodness word that is in the scriptures this morning. There is the first component is moral goodness. Uh, And this is a living after the law of God and his principles. Uh, To say that something has goodness to it is to ascribe to it a moral purity uh, to its essence, to its nature. And this is something that Christians can develop after being in the presence of the Lord, having that moral uprightness, uh, that change that happens on the inside of a person. Uh, This is a godly control of our morals and our lifestyle Uh, to reach and to obtain that fruit of the spirit that is goodness this morning. There has to be uh, a an allowing the, the God of heaven to work and to control the appetites in our lives that we might have this aspect of the fruit of the spirit. The first component is moral goodness. The second component is a practical goodness. This is another side to it this morning. And this practical goodness is when we apply those godly morals and 
principles and lifestyles in our dealings with other people. Throughout the study of the, the fruit of the Spirit, there has always been, if you've been paying attention, there is an inward aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, and then there's the outward manifestation or how you interact with the world and those in your, uh, in your uh, world of influence. And the practical side of goodness, component of goodness, is our, uh, deals with our interactions with other people. Many people would profess to have good morals. There's many people that would say, I have good morals uh, and I'm a good person. But they live a lifestyle that is oftentimes exactly the opposite. And they're involved in all sorts of things that uh, discredits their claim to having that uh, moral high ground or moral superiority. But. Uh, According to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34, it says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what it's saying this morning is what you uh, really are inside will manifest itself on the outside. Amen. Those that claim, amen, to have a love and a passion for the things of God and those that claim to have a walk with the Lord and, and this lifestyle of consecration, but it. It never gets outside of the four walls of their home and it never expressed itself in the outward manifestations of their actions. Amen. You would, uh, if you were an honest person, you would kind of discredit that claim to uh, being a good uh, Christian child of God. Uh, What do people think about us when we say that we're Christians and we say that we love the Lord with all of our hearts, but then they, they see us. Uh, busying ourselves on Sunday morning outside of the church service. Yeah. Uh, what do people think about the God that we serve when when we say that we're a Christian and we dress holy, but we got a nasty attitude and a nasty spirit? Amen. And what we are on the inside will always manifest itself on the outside. Right. Galatians 5 and 19 talks about the works of the flesh are manifested. And he begins to, this is preceding the uh, Galatians 5 and 22 as he gives the, uh, the description of the fruit of the Spirit. But in 5 and 19 he begins to say the works of the flesh are manifest. Uh, in other words, uh, what he's saying is that they are publicly known. What is on the inside of your heart today? The thing that uh, nobody can come along and say, well, I know what you're thinking and I know exactly what you're feeling. Uh, That thing that we cannot quantify many times, what you're dealing with on the inside. And we can't fully ascertain all that uh, that it entails, the inside of a person. Uh, With time, that what is on the inside is going to be made manifest. It's going to be revealed out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Uh, what is uh, what is going on between your two ears and what's going on in your in your head, in your heart, if not checked by the word of the Lord, amen, it's going to manifest itself and it will be ugly. But if you allow the preaching and the teaching and the spirit of the Lord, amen, to work in your heart and in your mind and in your life, in those recessed areas of your heart that nobody can really touch and nobody really knows what's happening. If you allow the spirit of God to work in your life in a dark room as you're on bending knee and you're praying, amen, what reveals itself later in your life will be the work of the spirit of God. 
by then exhorting us to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Uh, the, the Apostle Paul is exhorting us to make this fruit publicly known. In other words, the church, Abundant Life Center, you as a Christian, as a child of God, should not be the world's or your community's best kept secret. We should not be the world's best kept secret. We should not live our faith in hiding. Amen. But it should be something that we stand and we boldly proclaim to be children of the Lord. But not just proclaim it, but to show it, to reveal it, to live it out. Goodness, that fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about this morning, speaks of the virtue uh, of a child of God and having an integrity of character. This immediately lets us know that it is not defined by just the mere good acts that we do. It is not just in the good acts that you might perform in your world that, uh, that define you as a good person, having the goodness of the Spirit of God. But rather, it, is, it goes deeper than just your good actions. But it is defined by what motivates those actions. What motivates you to live for God, what motivates you to come to church? What motivates you to pay your tithes? What motivates you to get on bended knee and, and to pray to your Father which is in heaven in secret? What motivates you, amen, to give something to somebody else in need? What is the motivation? What is the, the, the reasoning in your heart and in your mind why you take such actions? Goodness. The Spirit of God working in your life, amen, doesn't just affect your actions. It doesn't just affect the inside of the man, but it affects the motives of your life, the motives of your heart. Only when a person gets a hold of God and the Spirit of God works in a person's life can they give of themselves or give of their substance to somebody else expecting nothing in return. Only when God's spirit works in a person's life can they love and without expectation of return. It has to be the spirit of God that you allow to work in your life. Goodness goes way beyond outward good actions. And I'm going to say it like this. There is a difference between doing good and being good. There is a difference between doing good and being good. There are people, uh, and we don't mean to discredit the, the goodness that they've done, but there are people that will do good things and then advertise it and share it all over the place. And look what good we did. And, and let's write this check and, and let's print it this. Let's maximize the size of the check and let's put it all over the TV and how we gave uh, this big check to this particular organization uh, that's doing good but being good is something a whole lot different how is goodness developed in a person's life it is developed when we first understand that there is none good but God it first begins with an understanding that there is none good but the Lord the rich young ruler in the Bible was admonished as to this fact when he approached Jesus about inheriting eternal life and what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he, he began to uh, talk, he began to ask those questions. But when he addressed the Lord, he said, Good, Master. 
And when he complimented Jesus by calling him good master, Jesus immediately questioned him as to why he was calling him good. He said, why did you call me good? Why did you say that? There is none good but God. So are you saying that I'm God? Or are you just giving me a compliment? God was checking the motives. God was checking the heart. He was checking, checking the, the reasoning of that young ruler. And he was wanting to begin to ascertain from the very beginning. What, what do you want to accomplish in this conversation, in this relationship? Are you going to just view me, Mr. Rich Young Ruler, as a good person that can influence you and, and be a mentor to you? Or are you going to view me as somebody that can save you, yes. somebody that can redeem you? I want to check your motives. I want to check your reasoning, your heartbeat, and what you're really thinking on the inside. And so we, we, we see and we understand from the words of Jesus that there's none good but God. So that leads us to the conclusion then that goodness comes from Him alone. Because if He is a good, good God, like we say, then the only way we get goodness is by getting into God's presence that it begins to make a world of distinction as we begin to uh, approach. Uh, we talk to new converts and people that come to God and think, well, I've got to get good to get God. I've got to change my ways before I can come to church. I've got to change my lifestyle. I'm not ready to get in church because I'm not good yet, so therefore I can't touch God yet. But they, they fail to understand and to realize that God is good. And when I get God, then there's become some goodness that takes shape in my life. And, and only until I begin to touch God and know Him and connect to Him can my life begin to resemble the goodness of God. And we get those things mixed up many times. We must develop Goodness by a proper study and implementation of the word of God in our lives. It's in Psalms 119 and verse 9 that it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by the answer by taking heed thereto according to thy word. It's the word of God that penetrates the heart of man. And the spirit of God that, that uh, it, it intermingles itself in the spirit of man and gets to work in a person's life. The Word and the Spirit. If we'll allow those two things to work, those forces to work in our lives. Amen. There can be some cleansing. There can be some goodness developed. Moving quickly, how is goodness expressed? The only way that we can hope to manifest goodness in our life is to first of all allow God to manifest it in us. Praise God. How can I do good things for somebody else? How can I how can I express goodness in the world? The first thing uh, is you've got to allow God to develop it in your life. And when you uh, are dealt uh, with somebody that that rubs you the wrong way, and it's, it would be the natural response to to to, to fight back or to, to lash out. Amen. Getting back into God's presence and saying, God, I know that. That's probably not the right thing to do. But if I get back into your presence, God, I'm asking you to help me to develop a good spirit. And something that's on the inside that can reflect your glory. Something that can resemble the Lord to my world. I'm going to allow God to work in my life. 
to manifest goodness in me. Help me to be the man, the woman, the young person that he's called me to be. Goodness is developed when we obey his word, when we submit to him, and when we yield to his spirit, and when we forth of all live according to the will of God. Goodness is a progression of purity that begins in your inner man. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It begins on the inside. Amen. People would oftentimes question the, uh, the necessity of going to church. Why do you get up Sunday morning and get ready and, and not go out with us on the lake or not go out with us to party? And, and you go to church and you hear some man uh, just spout off words from a, from a book that's thousands of years old. Why do you do that? Uh, what does it do for your life? Amen. What happens in a church service is God begins to work on the things that the doctors cannot touch. God begins to work on the things that the psychologists, amen, they only begin to touch the surface. And God begins to work on things in the person's heart and mind that there's no other, there's no other force, no other profession in this world that can touch the heart and the soul of man, but only in the presence of God. Are those elements and those components of our life dealt with and handled and touched by the Lord? And that's why I need to come to church. I need somebody to to preach to me. I need somebody to teach me. I need somebody to show me how to think and how to behave and how to conduct myself and, and how to live and how to respond. I need the Word of God. I need some age old concepts and precepts and principles to work in my life because I will be the first one to admit I don't know what to do. I need God to speak to me. I need God to help me. I need God to develop some goodness in me as the as church and, and basing our teachings off the word of the Lord. We do not subscribe to the, the false theory that man is essentially good. Amen. There is people in the world that would tell you that man is at his core a good person. Amen. Man at his, uh, at his core being is, is good. And there's no evil that resides in the heart of a man. Amen. But it's contrary according to scriptures. Because, amen, the, the Bible begins to tell a scripture that uh, from David I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. In sin did my mother conceive me. Uh, you did not have to talk uh, you don't have to teach Adam and Eve how to sin, but they naturally did it of their own impulses. But until God intervened in their life, things would change. Man is not essentially good. Man is essentially evil and needs a good God to interrupt his life, to work in his life. Goodness is a progression of purity that begins in your inner man and manifests itself toward God and your fellow man. This is what the word of God refers to as good works or the expression of goodness. Good works, the expression of goodness. If a man truly is truly good on the inside, he will seek to express that goodness outwardly. And doing so is a witness to his faith in God. As you express what's on the inside, 
It becomes a testimony to the world around you. Where did that come from? How did you do that? It came because there's there's something on the inside of me that, that's wanting me to, to love like he's loved me. To be good to others like he's been good to me. It's a witness of your faith in God. James says if a man professes to have faith but does not express it, then his faith is a dead faith. In James 2 and 20, he says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith without good works is dead. Amen. If you say that you believe, uh, there's many people that will tell you all you have to do is simply believe. Amen. And accept him as your Savior. And and they they try to simplify it to one little statement that you can make at an altar. Amen. But it it goes beyond just faith and just believing. There's got to be some action. There's got to be some outward flows of the inward process of faith in your life. And somewhere along the line, it's got to go from I believe that God is who he says is to second of all. I will live out my faith. I will express to the world around me. The God that I served and his involvement in my life. Matthew 12 and 35 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. If the heart is not good, then no good will come forth in the life of that person. God begins to work on a person from the core of their being. God says, If I can... Take, if I can get that prostitute, if I can get that drug addict, if I can get uh, that, that person that's up and out or down and out into an altar. And I can work in their heart. And I can work in their life. If I can take that, that person that, uh, that is uh, of a great professional career, uh, and that, but that's without the Lord. And I can get them in an altar. And I can get them to lift their hands and surrender their heart to me. I can, I can do a miracle in their life. And I can express to the world that, that I can use the, the judge and the attorney. And I can use the, the medical doctor just like I can use the drug addict and the alcoholic and the prostitute and the whoremonger. I can do whatever I want if my spirit will work in a person's life. The goodness of the Lord comes because God gets involved in a person's life. And there's an outward manifestation uh, because God's been good to me. I want to be good to my world. I want to bless this world. I, I want to be a blessing to my world. I want to be a blessing to my church because I can look back on my life and I can remember back when I was a young uh, 12-year-old boy with tears on my face and didn't have anything to my name as most 12-year-olds don't. And I'll just begin to talk to God. i just begin to say, God, would you just direct my life? Would you just order my steps? Would you just use me? Would you work? in my life. And little did I know as that 12 year old boy, amen, speaking in other tongues as God filled me, little did I know that that spirit of God would lead me and would guide me and would direct me and would keep me from all the evil that awaited me outside of the will of God. The philosophy of the world is do whatever pleases yourself and don't worry about the other guy. That is the philosophy and the prevailing thought of our world today. 
If it makes you feel good, go ahead and indulge. Just do it. Don't worry about how it affects your marriage, your kids, your your 401k, your your finances, your health. Don't worry about how it affects future generations. Just if it feels good for you, go ahead and do it. Goodness, according to the word of God, will always consider others first. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 through 4. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Another scripture in the Bible says, prefer thy brother first. That's goodness being expressed in our lives. Prefer thy brother first. Galatians 6 and 2 says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. God's spirit, I wrote this down in preparing this morning. God's spirit will always will take away your insecurities. Allowing you to reach out and to bless others. You don't have to tear others down to make yourself feel better about yourself. When the spirit of God, the goodness of God works in your life. You don't have to tear somebody else down to feel better about yourself. When God's spirit works in your life, you can be the blessing to somebody else. You say, well, I may not have a lot. God can use what you have. God can use what you have. Jesus said that a good servant would use the talents and blessings that God has given him for the benefit of others. There's biblical precepts that guide us in expressing goodness. How that we were created to manifest the ways of God through good works in the world. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, growing up in the church, uh, we oftentimes use this scripture to validate why we must repent and be baptized and feel the Holy Ghost because others try to discredit that uh, as works that don't save you. Uh, but it is beyond just repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infill of the Holy Ghost. This is also talking about doing good for others in your world. Good works in the Bible is not just for yourself. It's not just for me and, and my family, but good works in the scriptures is about how I can do good to other people as well. How can I be a blessing to your life? What can I do? I've seen people that had nothing but two good hands. Stitch blankets and clothes together and give them to the poor. I don't have a whole lot, but you know what? I got two hands. I can use those for the Lord. I, I got two feet and two hands at work. and I may not have a lot of other things, but I can go down to the homeless shelter and I can feed the homeless. I, I have a car. I can drive people to church. I can be a blessing to them. But so so many times it's uh, our natural action is to become insular and only think about ourselves. And not thinking, what can I do for somebody else? 
John Wesley had this rule for his life. He said it like this. Do all the good you can by all the means that you can. In all the ways that you can. In all the places that you can. At all the times that you can. To all the people that you can. As long as ever you can. Do good in your world. Do good to somebody else in your world. Be a blessing. We express goodness by helping those in need. Uh, one of the things amen, that we are involved with is, is a women's shelter. And there's ladies that go out there uh, weekly and pick them up and bring them to church. And there's been things that have taken place and resulted from that. As we engage in doing something for other people other than ourselves that will never, ever benefit us. And I've operated uh, from the mindset as we are involved with the women's shelter haven of peace. That you know what? There, we may not see every single lady that uh, we teach a Bible study to uh, come to our church. We may not see every single lady and child that we, we touch at the haven come to our church and be faithful members of ALC. But through the process of time, there's going to be so many seeds that are planted in the hearts and the lives of those women. And they may come here once, they may come here twice or a few times. But my prayer is as the years go by, those women would begin to talk to their kids and say, you know what, I remember when we was in a hard time, there was a church, there was a people that loved us. And I still believe, I know we're going through difficult times, baby, but I believe that there's a God in heaven who sees us where we are and can help us. And when I know, when I have a problem, I know where to run to. I can run to that apostolic church on 7th street and they will receive me we do good to those that we can and I'm coming to a close if you stand with me this morning amen I'm skipping over several of my notes but I'll leave you with this last final story a story comes from long ago of a king who organized a great race within his kingdom. And all the young men of the kingdom got involved and participated. And it was uh, proclaimed to the entrance of the race that a bag of gold was to be given to the winner. And the finish line was within the courtyard of the king's palace. The young men came, got ready, got their sights set on a bag of gold and what they needed to do to cross the finish line within the king's palace courtyard. The race was run and the runners were off. The runners were surprised as they ran through that, that race, that course. They were surprised to find in the middle of the road leading to the king's palace a great pile of rocks and stones. Right there in the middle of uh, that race, in the middle of that race course, uh, there, there was a pile of rocks that was a, a hazard to those entrants, those race, those runners that were there that day. Uh, and many people, like most people uh, in this, like most people today, those people in that race, many people managed to scramble over the rocks or to go around it and to eventually come to the courtyard. But finally, after 
most of the runners had crossed the finish line, they realized there was one that had not crossed the line yet. He was still out running the race, and many people began to speculate what happened to him. But, but still the king did not call the race off. He did not declare a winner yet, and for good reason, as we'll see in a moment. But after a while longer, as the, as the kingdom waited for the king to declare the end of the race and the, the winner, a lone runner came through the gate and he lifted a bleeding hand and said, Oh, king, I am sorry that I am so late with his bleeding hand. He said, But you see, I found a, in the road a pile of rocks and stones and it took me a while and I, I wounded myself in removing them because I didn't want others to get hurt or injured in the course uh, I knew that I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't probably finish number one. But I, something in me said I've got to help that person behind me or somebody else that might come along that road. And So I'm going to take the extra time and I'm going to remove those rocks. And, and I'm going to remove the hindrances and those barriers that prevented people. And then as the story unfolds, he lifted his other hand. And in his other hand, it was a bag. But he And he said, but great king, I found beneath the pile of rocks this bag of gold. The king said, my son, you have won the race. For that one that runs best who makes the one runs best who makes the way safer for those who follow. There's got to be something in the heart of abundant lives here in the saints of this church that say, what can I do for somebody else? I may not finish first. I may not get the accolades, but what can I do to express the goodness of the Lord in the world in which I live? Pastor, I'm a little bit late to church. I found somebody on the side of the road that wanted to come to church. Pastor, uh, I'm going to be a little bit behind. Amen. I gave somebody uh, something to get them some food. I'm involved in doing something. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands in this place today? Why don't we take a few moments? I do believe the Lord is speaking to Abundant Life Center this morning. And God wants to deposit something into our hearts that says it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's God, what can you do through my life to help somebody? God, how can the goodness of God not stop within my four walls of my home? But how can it be expressed in my world? Maybe God's calling somebody to inconvenience themselves and take time out of your schedule to teach a Bible study to the man or the woman, the young student that is confused and doesn't know which direction to go. Maybe God's speaking to somebody in this place today how you can be a blessing too. Amen. Maybe the haven of peace, the woman's shelter, maybe you can be a blessing to your neighbor. God, I'm asking you right now, Lord, to speak to our church. I'm asking you right now, Lord, to speak into our hearts, to work in our lives, God. Move on the inside of us here today. 
God, let your goodness not stop within our world, within our lives, within our hearts. But let it be manifested on the outside. Let the world around us look and see that Abundant Life Center is a church for the community. Abundant Life Center is a church for the world. Abundant Life Center, those people that go to that church are blessings to their world. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Something you can do that you'll never get a return for. Sometimes it's just add a little bit extra on that that offering for missions. You say, you know what? I gave to missions. My money's off in Brazil. I'll probably never go to Brazil. My money's off in Portugal. I may never go to Portugal. But you know what? God's been good to me. And I'm going to be a blessing to my world. God, we thank you today. I thank you, Lord, for what you're wanting to deposit into our church in this moment right now. God, I thank you for what you are doing right now, Lord. I believe, God, you are putting a seed in the heart of some people in this church. God, to alter their thinking, their their mindset, their, their actions, God. I believe, God, you're wanting to affect some real change in our lives. I believe you're wanting us to do things, God, for which we may never see the benefit for. In this life. But God I'll lay up for. My heavenly home. A treasure. God that, I, that I'm never going to experience. Here on this earth. But somewhere up yonder. Perhaps somewhere up yonder. Perhaps. When we get to heaven. Brother Lorenzo. We'll, we'll meet a young person. Or a family. That says you know what. Thank you. I never met you before, but your impact that you you gave, you left, helped me to be where I needed to be. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. God, I love you right now. Praise you. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't we just take a few more moments this morning? I, I just can't move past this right now.
Let's take a few more moments right now in His presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, let us get it deep in our souls and our spirits tonight, God. Set us free of what's in it for us, God. Help us to be set free of what's in it for us. Help me to be set free of what's in it for me, God. Let there be a shaking, God. Let there be deliverance this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. church we're going somewhere I really believe that God is preparing us for something that's bigger than we ever imagined God wants to do big things through this church we are not called to be small we are not called to be insignificant we are not called to be the proverbial fly on the wall but we are called to be on the forefront, leading the charge. We are positioned in such a place this morning. There's gonna, there already is, and there's gonna continue to be. If, if the current trend continues, incredible growth that happens right here in San Joaquin Valley, and other corporations are recognizing this as a crossroads. Of, uh, a juncture, if you will, where there's lots of things that are going to be tried that already traveled through this area. An epicenter, if you will. And I do believe that God sees the God sees the specific geographic location of this church today. And God in his foreknowledge and in all of his infinite wisdom said there must be an apostolic church at this crossroads. There's got to be something. I've got to put my name in such a place, amen, that the, the gospel can be carried throughout the land, throughout the area. I'm going to put my name. I'm going to establish a church at this place of commerce. I'm going to put my name there. And as they build out homes after home, home after home in River Islands and other areas, amen, there's people that are coming, they're moving this way. It's, it's growing, it's taking off. And in the middle of this activity there has got to be a preeminent apostolic church that says, I'm just going to be what God's called me to be. And as they come, we're going to hold the line. We're going to, amen, we're going to do what God's called us to do. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.